0: Well, this is the second week in our summer message series, Dreams of a Normal Summer. Colossians 3.17 tells us, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And this applies to all those things that we dream of this summer as we return back to, to normal after the pandemic has has shut down so many things things like vacations and boating and family reunions and the state fairs you've got your list of all the things that you've been waiting to do and this summer we're going to do it it's going to be a great summer but it'll be even better if after it's all done we find that we've actually grown closer to god over the summer And that can happen if we make God a part of everything that we do, from the places that we go to the things that we eat. Now, of course, we ate last summer, too. Uh, My scale can attest to that, last winter and this spring. But somehow, it wasn't quite the same. I mean, there's lots of home cooking, and and I love home cooking. But there are some things that are just meant to eat with other people when you're out there enjoying some summer fun. Like hot dogs. There's something about eating a hot dog at a ballpark that elevates the experience to one of the joys of summer. I mean, I know I can go to the store and I can buy the same Schweigert hot dogs and I can cook them myself. But it's just not quite the same as, as slipping into a seat at Target Field and sinking your teeth into an original twins dog. When you do that, it, it becomes an experience, the very taste of summer. Nothing tastes like summer like a ballpark hot dog, except maybe a cool slice of summer-ripened watermelon. Now, I'm not talking about those springtime melons that are, are red on, on the inside but taste like the rind all the way through. I'm I'm talking about a melon that sat in the field all July and is so juicy and ripe that when you put your knife into it, it pops open. One of those watermelons. I remember going on a mission trip to Arkansas one summer, and the work was was in a city, but we went out to to a church member's farm uh, to have supper one night. And even though we'd had a big meal, when, when our host asked us if we wanted a slice of watermelon, every youth on the trip raised their hand. So she got out the, these watermelons, and these were the big, oblong kinds of watermelons, not the little round ones, full of seeds, you know, a real old-fashioned watermelon. And she took this humongous knife, and she just sliced it in half the, the lengthwise. And then she sliced it once more into quarters. And then she gave each youth one quarter of those melons. (laughs) And their eyes kind of bugged out. It's not exactly what they imagined when when she asked if they wanted a slice of watermelon. Ten pounds of watermelon was a little bit more than even, even the hungriest youth could quite handle at that moment. oh, but it was so good. It was one of those, those watermelons that you, you just always look for the rest of the summer if you can find one that's quite that good. Now, you may have other summer favorites for you. Maybe it's burgers on the grill or shrimp on the barbie or roasted corn on the cob, whatever it is. It's all good. Even something as simple as a little summer picnic is great. Last week I mentioned how, how Tammy and I liked it to have the most simplest of picnics. Just a loaf of bread, actually, a, a baguette, and a little soft cheese, like a brie. That's all we need. You don't even need utensils. You can just rip a chunk of bread off and, and a chunk of cheese off and slap them together. Ah, but it's great. You know, those simple things, those simple things of of picnics and and food of the summer are wonderful things, but what does it have to do with God? What does it have to do with our faith? How will any of these things help us to grow in our walk with the Lord? Well, it's all a matter of how you look at it. You can look at it as just a little picnic with good eating, or you can also see it as an answered prayer. You know, Most of you have been here before. Um, Welcome to you who may be first-time guests. But if you ever worship with with Resurrection Church, you know that somewhere in the service, we're going to pray the Lord's Prayer. And what do we say? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, give us the food that we need for the day. We pray that every time we come together and worship. So every time that we eat, it's an answer to that prayer. It's an answer to the prayer that God would provide for us the food that we need for the day. But it's more than just an answer to prayer. Eating can also be a prayer itself, a way of glorifying God. In 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31, 31, it says this. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. You probably never thought about glorifying God by your eating. And to be honest, if I'm eating one of those uh, juicy, ripe melons and the juice is all running down my chin, my kids would say, I am horrifying God, not glorifying God. Or at least I'm horrifying them. <laughs> but eating can also be a way of glorifying God if we recognize it as an answer to prayer, if we acknowledge the blessings and the joy that, that we receive from the Lord, and if we, and if we eat with thankful hearts for what we receive from the hand of God. Now we can do that without saying a word, but, but I think it becomes even more of an act of worship, more of an act of glorifying God if we actually verbalize it. Think of all those, those graces that you may have learned as, uh, as you were growing up. Or, or if you didn't, you, maybe you've heard somebody else say them. God is great, God is good. Let us thank him for our food amen. Or, by your hand I must be fed, dear Lord, give us our daily bread. Or be present at our table, Lord, be here and everywhere adored. These mercies bless and grant that we may feast in fellowship with thee. And that's usually sung. How many of you ever sung that one? Be present at our table, Lord, be here and everywhere adored. You know it. Yep. Although it's, when you get down to that one part, some churches sing fellowship and some f- churches sing paradise. So you always can tell uh, if you're kind of in a mixed group uh, which one's uh, singing. I mean, we have these these wonderful prayers. Bless us, O Lord, and these Thy gifts which we are about to receive from Thy bounty through Jesus Christ our Lord. We pray. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest and let these gifts to us be blessed. For what we are about to receive, Lord, make us truly thankful. Bless, O Lord, this food to our use and us to thy service and keep us ever mindful of the needs of others. In Jesus' name, amen. Whenever we share a table grace like this or maybe it's just an extemporaneous prayer out of the gratitude of your heart, they're a reminder, they're a reminder of how God has blessed us. And we draw closer to Jesus with every grace that we say and with every bite that we take. We literally worship and glorify God when we share in food. But there's one more way in which the summer summer foods can draw us closer to God. And that is to look at them as a reminder of God's watchful care for us. As evidence of that we have a trustworthy God. It, it's hard to doubt the goodness of God when you when you're sharing a picnic with someone you love, or when you're biting into that first really good sweet corn of the year, and you got butter dripping down your your hands. It's hard to doubt that God cares. Those great foods of summer are a message to us, saying God cares. The story of the prophet Elijah in the Bible is is perhaps the strangest picnic and the most awkward dinner invitation that you can imagine. Elijah, in his uh, time, is in a time of, of great drought. You know, we've got a week of it, but they had months of it. So food is in short supply. People are hungry. Elijah... Two needs to eat, and that's when God tells him to go on a picnic to Kareth Ravine, a picnic that God will cater himself. We find it in the 17th chapter of 1 Kings. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, leave here, turn eastward and hide in the Kareth Ravine east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to Carith Ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. Now, of course, no picnic can last forever. And in Elijah's case, it's the water that runs out first. First. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I've directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you've said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. This always struck me as such a strange request. Ma'am, I'm sure, I I know that you don't have enough to even feed yourself and your son, but, but make me some bread first and then you can eat what's left over. I mean, is Elijah some kind of jerk? I mean, have you ever thought about that question? How he, how he puts that? Oh, go, go do what you said. I know you you plan to have your last meal and die, but um, go make something for me first. Uh, but, but he's not really being a jerk because Elijah knows what the woman and her son don't, that God will provide for them just as he's provided for Elijah. He tells, them, he tells them this. But this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, And the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Every time she went to the jar to get some flour and to use the oil to make that that daily bread, the widow was reminded of God's care. Literally, without the Lord, they all would be dead. Instead, they never missed a meal our summer meals can also be a reminder of God's care. Every hot dog and hamburger we eat, every melon and sweet corn, every picnic, whether it be a a fancy feast or something as simple as just bread and cheese, every meal this summer can be a reminder of God's care for you. Because every meal is an answered prayer. Every meal is an opportunity to glorify God. Every meal is a big, tasty reminder that we have a God who cares, a God who gives us each day our daily bread. Now, I've never been in a famine. You can probably tell it by the looks of me. But I have experienced God's care with an unexpected meal or two. One happened while I was taking a continuing education class at Duke. I was spending the week in a dumpy motel three miles from campus. And unlike this last week, it rained every day. And there was no Uber back then. And so I spent the week wet and miserable. And to add to my misery, it was my birthday. And the rain was such that the only thing I could get to was was a little gas station next to the motel where they had some stuff sitting on the shelf from I don't know what year. <laughs> and I can remember my birthday dinner sitting on the edge of a bed in, in that motel eating my tin of Vienna sausages and stale crackers <laughs> and just feeling so sorry for myself. Well, the rain let up by, by Sunday. In fact, Sunday was a morning just about like this. Just gorgeous. And I decided I would just get up and I would start walking and I would worship at the first church I came to. Well, they didn't put churches in that neighborhood. <laughs> it was a long walk. Fortunately, a lot of churches have 11 o'clock services uh, in the South. So, so I came to one, Finally. It was Greystone Baptist. And I went in and, and worshipped with them. And then one of the uh, the members said, we're having a potluck. No, she didn't say potluck. She said we're having a covered dish. Um, it means potluck. <laughs> we're having a covered dish um, after the service. Why don't you come and eat with us? And so I did. And it was... It was one of those grand church affairs where there was more food. Uh, It was like the widow's uh, jar of flour and oil. I mean, it just kept coming and coming and coming. And I feasted. And then one of them said to me, hey, it's a long walk back to your motel. Why don't we give you a drive? Why don't we drive you there? And so they did. And I can remember how my attitude had changed from my birthday night dinner (laughs) to to that day, saying, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the reminder that you care and that you take care of me. God had brought my pity party to an end in a a spectacular display of his care and through the blessings of some of his dear children, those brothers and sisters who invited me to eat. Well, I don't know what you're having for lunch, but I'm already hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Told somebody I was preaching on my favorite subject next to Jesus. That's food. But summer food truly can be a way to connect us to God. And, and we, can, we can go to those picnics. And we can share in that food. And we can eat at those ballparks. And we can go to restaurants now and we can go to fairs and all those things. It's going to be such a great summer. But I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that not everyone will be able to do that. And not everybody has the food that we will share in. Even now there are those like the widow of Zarephath who wonder if this meal might not be their last. And maybe God is asking you to be their Elijah and to sit down and to share a meal with them and see how God provides. You could bring a blessing to them this week. Or maybe God is asking you to be the widow to some Elijah, to trust in the Lord so completely that you're willing to share what little you have so that another person can eat. I don't know. I don't know, I, I was sure glad that the Christians at Greystone Church shared with, what they had with me. And maybe, maybe God's going to provide us an opportunity like that. We, we're not having a, a potluck or a covered dish or even a picnic today. At least not as a whole church. But maybe God will provide an opportunity for you to bless someone else with some food that will remind them of God's care. That will be an answer to their prayer that will be an act of worship. Let's pray. God, thank you for taking care of us with all the blessings of summer, but today we remember those delicious summer foods. We look forward to them. And as we eat this summer, may we remember that that you are answering our prayers, that you do care for us. And may we worship you. Lord, make us mindful, though, of those who, who don't have the food that we have, who are running short. Open our eyes so that we might see them. Prepare us, so if you're sending someone to us like Elijah, we're willing to to share what we have. Lord, this is going to be a great summer because you're a great God. Thank you. Amen.